Hi, my name is Viktor Lövgren and you're listening to Shaping New Realities, a podcast about Swedish Institute alumni striving for a gender-equal world. Each episode of this podcast features a Swedish Institute alum selected to participate in the Stockholm Forum on Gender Equality earlier this year and given a grant to organize an event on the theme of gender equality in their home country. This is the first episode of our podcast and we start out in India where brand new technology is being used to fight sexual violence. Our producer Lovelisarides gives you the story. Hope you'll enjoy it. I just thought like what's happened to humans and where have we gone you know that that was something which really shocked me i think that every single person in india deserves this kind of safety safety is a right and it's sad that none of like that so many people are not being accorded it and there might be so many cases which are actually happening but nobody talks about them nobody knows about them with reports on sexual violence increasing activists are now fighting back Six men are believed to have been involved and the young woman was gang raped and suffered severe injuries. Yeah, no, I really do need this. I need this to change because I hate the way it hampers my life. In this episode, we follow Elsa da Silva, a Swedish institute alum using brand new technology in her efforts to make cities safer for both women and men. If we talk about women empowerment in the long term, we need to have safe cities. We begin in the city of Mumbai, or Bombay. With a population of almost 20 million, Mumbai is the financial capital of India. The streets are as crowded as they get in this country. You see rickshaws fighting for space with pedestrians and cars, shopkeepers out on the streets, bargaining with people passing by. Mumbai is like the New York of India, but twice the size. And just like any other big city, Mumbai has its problems. Um, so I do not feel safe in Mumbai. I'm with Jessica Kalko. A 19-year-old student from Mumbai. Uh, I have an unofficial curfew at home. My parents won't tell me that I have a curfew. But, you know, once it's 8 o'clock, they'll start calling me and say you should be home before 10. So, now you might think that Jessica's parents are being overprotected. But actually, they do have a point. Recently, India was ranked the world's most dangerous country for women in a survey made by the Thomson Reuters Foundation, putting India just before Afghanistan and Syria. Or, you know, there are always conversations and fights at home where we're like, they, they say that you must be home by a certain time. And their reasoning is that we trust you, but we don't trust the world. And that's not really fair to women in Bombay or anywhere in the world, because we're just trying to live our lives out there. And why must we stop living past a certain point of time? And this is something you eventually realize by walking the streets of Mumbai. As soon as the sun sets, you don't see that many women out. And I really, really, really do hope that things change because I'm tired of not being able to step out past a certain point in the day, point of time in the day, because honestly, I have every right to be out there, to live my life to its fullest, you know, whether it is to grab ice cream with a friend, go out, just to know that I could take public transportation at any time and be 100% safe and that I can come home in one piece and not be blared on the news the next day. Jessica's frustration is shared by many in this country. A frustration that led a small group of women to come up with a brand new idea of making Mumbai safer. So this is Elsa da Silva. Check the speed out. We're in an Indian rickshaw. There are very few accidents. You've probably seen them on the postcards. Elsa is constantly traveling around the world, giving lectures, attending conferences, spreading the word about her project Safe City. In between two trips, we meet in her Mumbai apartment. On one of the walls in her apartment, I notice a familiar face. 
It's a friend of Elsa's. I thought she was amazing. It's a picture of Elsa and Hillary Clinton. This lady is one of the greatest ladies in the world and she has uh, done a lot of things to improve the lives of women and girls and today you know we are benefiting from some of the um incredible things she's done and I was so happy to meet her. So a couple of years ago Elsa was working with an Indian airline managing hundreds of flights every day. She was heading towards a career in the aviation industry and she was doing great. Then all of a sudden the airline went bankrupt. I was at a crossroads personally where I felt that I had achieved my goals and I also had reached my glass ceiling in the industry. I wanted to make a career switch to work on women's rights and uh, you know focus on mentoring women to achieve their potential. So, it's 2012. Elsa's a little bit confused about her career. Her company's bankrupt. She's at a point where she's like, so what happens now? But then, by the end of 2012, everything would change. The 23-year-old had been out to see a film with a male friend in Delhi. On the 16th of December, a young woman is on her way home from a night out with her friend. Six men are believed to have been involved, and the young woman was gang-raped and suffered severe injuries. The name of the woman was Jyoti Singh, a name that later on would make headlines worldwide. I just thought, like, what's happened to humans and where have we gone? You know, that that was something which really shocked me. This is Ashwini a friend and colleague of Elsa's. She remembers watching the news that day. So basically it happened where she and a male friend of hers had gone for a movie and uh, she got onto this bus. It was a contract bus and she was brutally raped by about four four men out of which one was a minor. Okay? And uh, it was really ghastly because they have uh, inserted her with uh, steel rods and metal rods and pulled out her intestines and it was very very gory. I know that incident really really shocked me. Everybody knows about it. And this is another colleague of Elsa's, Supreet. It became iconic also because this was one case which came up in the media because there was a survivor with her who could talk about what happened and the crime was so gruesome that when he spoke about it it actually shook people and they realized that this happens if this can happen in delhi in a city which is so populated where women go out and work so many women go out and work then it can happen anywhere and there might be so many cases which are actually happening but nobody talks about them nobody knows about them maybe because they're not survivors to tell anything about it jyoti singh was flown to singapore that day to receive emergency hospital care but she didn't make it For years her family avoided all public attention but in 2015 her mother decided to break the silence in a famous speech sending shockwaves all over India For the first time made me realize that my safety was extremely fragile and if I wanted to do something about it I had to contribute more than just posting on Facebook in solidarity or you know uh, marching in candlelight vigils uh, I had to be part of the solution It becomes clear to me talking to Elsa that the murder of Jyoti Singh changed everything for her. This is the point where she decides to completely dedicate her life to women's safety and make sure that what happened to Jyoti Singh would never happen again. Life always gets in the way and we never probably have the courage to give it all up. But here I was at a point where the airline had shut down. I had to make a decision. Do I take up another corporate job or do I uh, use this opportunity to start something fresh? 
we are a product of uh, the Swedish Institute Management Program for India because had I not attended that program, I would not have met my co-founders uh, there. I would not have had the support system to initially um, launch the idea. And so I would say a lot of things came together at the same time and I was able to launch Safe City. Okay. So what Elsa realizes is that in order to make cities safer, you need to get politicians and city planners to realize that it's important. And how can you do that? Elsa, just like all the women around her, already knew that some parts of the city were just unsafe. But how could they prove it? One word. Data. Data is a 21st century Batman. So this is Vihang. He's the chief data analyst of Safe City. That's the name of the project Elsa started after the murder of Jyoti Singh. We'll get back to Vihang and Batman in a bit. Right now, I'm with the staff of Safe City. The core team consists of five other women from Mumbai. They're currently planning a big event that's taking place in Mumbai in a couple of days, an event that is partly funded by the Swedish Institute. They recently released their newest invention. It's a smartphone application. Tanya, a board member, shows me the app. This is what you see on your screen, so it automatically goes to the place that you are in. So right now, I'm in Mumbai, and it's already picking up the location that I'm in Mumbai. Um, to report, you need to just click here and you say file a report you put in where the incident took place so if you if you know where you are so it's showing me this red dot shows me exactly where i am right now like a google map so one part of safe city is an advanced smartphone application if something happened to you or if you had a threatening experience you can just pick up your smartphone and report it directly then what would i like to report about so if um, I had someone commenting or someone uh, whistling out or someone following me, stalking me. Uh, so I could choose any category from here. And this is where it gets clever. A red dot pops up at that exact location. So all of a sudden, someone reports and a red dot shows up. And then another one and another one. All of a sudden, the red dots scattered all over the map every dot representing one unsafe place in the city. And now, if you're a woman walking out late at night, you can use the dotted map as your guide and avoid the streets where the red dots are. It's all about gathering data. Without data, you're without weapons. But with data, you have the biggest shields to protect yourself from crime. Back to Vihang, the data guy. Vihang is working together with this guy. Yeah, I think... Uh, Rahul, who's also managing all the data coming in. So, uh... We are getting a lot of emotional and psychological inputs when we see incidents like Me Too campaign and all. And Rahul makes an interesting point. He says that movements like Me Too are extremely important to get women to speak up about things like sexual violence and harassment. But he also says that in order to get the different actors like police authority and government to take concrete measures against it, they need more. We need more information than just a tweet. What happened, when happened, how it happened, at what time it happened, what kind of incident happened, what kind of surrounding was there, that will help us a lot in actually finding these trends, the patterns. So this data needs to be properly created and categorized by people, then only it will have some value. Otherwise, it's just emotions which might not actually go ahead and cause any action. Every month, Safe City sends the information they've gathered from their app to the authorities. But imagine what happens if more data is collected. I mean, this kind of data could have a huge impact on many other parts of society as well. It could change the way city planners design cities. It could even affect real estate prices. I mean, who would want to move into an area with lots of red dots around it? For example, there might be a specific street corner in a city that doesn't have any street lights at night. 
Everyone knows that it's an unsafe place, but when you report it to the authorities, they would say, how do you know that it's unsafe? Why should we prioritize it? That's exactly where the data can be used. Because now, with SafeCity, Elsa and her colleagues can show exactly how many incidents have happened at that specific street corner and be like, you have to do something about it. Often when people design cities, they don't keep in mind the needs of women and girls. If it's not safe, it definitely restricts mobility, it definitely limits opportunity. So it's if we talk about women empowerment in the long term, we need to have safe cities. The biggest obstacle for safe city remains though. In India, we hardly talk about these things, even though you come from a progressive family. Often, you know, you don't say these things because you don't know how others will react around you. In order to make safe city work, people need to start sharing. A hard thing given the stigma surrounding sexual harassment. And that's one of the things with Safe City, we are trying to reinforce that it's okay to talk about it, that the more we talk about it, the less taboo it becomes. Because there's so much of, the culture of silence is so strong on this issue that it puts pressure on the individual who's experiencing it to keep quiet. Safe City is still a new thing in India, but the more data the team managed to collect, the more accurate the map will be. And since the launch, it has exploded. And reports are pouring in, not only from India. In Myanmar, we have seven reports. Uh, then we have a lot of reports from uh, areas in Kenya. At the moment, there's about 13,000 incidents reported on Safe City. Then we have some in uh, Europe. Basically, we have lots of reports from India because we are based in India. But as we are moving globally, we see it's a global phenomenon everywhere. Safe City is a work that has just begun. But having spent a week in Mumbai talking to Elsa's colleagues and friends, it becomes clear to me that she's onto something very important. I need this to change because I hate the way it happens in my life. I'm back with 19-year-old Jessica again. So safety is definitely an issue that I'm very, very passionate about because it, it directly intersects with my lives and the lives of my friends and the lives of every person in India. And Elsa keeps traveling the world, speaking at different events about the importance of breaking the silence when it comes to sexual harassment. And of course, the importance of collecting data, which is really what it all comes down to. Yeah, in order to, um, you know, make cities safer, we need to each be the agents of change, whether it is speaking up against sexual violence or intervening as a bystander or, you know, knowing our rights. So we need to take action ourselves. You just listened to the first episode of Shaping New Realities, a podcast about Swedish Institute alumni striving for a gender-equal world. It was produced by the Swedish Institute, Victor Lövgren and me, Lova Lysaridis. All episodes are available wherever you find your podcasts. And to find out more about the Swedish Institute, visit www.si.se. In our next episode, we'll go to Belarus for a story about online activists fighting back against the haters. Uh, yesterday we found out that... Um an initiative called uh, Stop LGBTQ have uh, been started in Belarus. And there were some screams towards him and his friends uh, that, oh look, faggots, peters in Russian. I would get hundreds, hundreds of messages uh, describing in detail how I would be raped, killed, like gangbanged and stuff. And you know why? A heterosexist system destroyed me. Uh, it made me to be ashamed of who I am and to hate myself. See you next week. Goodbye.